Welcome to Get Jashed, a conversation series where guests share their stories and how they learn, deal with, practice, screw up, and rise in leadership and communication. I'm your host, Jess Jash, founder and head creator at Jay Lee, where I help impact positive change in high-performance teams. I believe there is more than one way to do leadership and communication, so here we are. If you want to know more about how you or your team can work with me, head to j-lee, that's l-e-i-g-h dot com dot au. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have been busy squirreling away at a bunch of different goals and different things and getting settled in to a new home as well. Um, So I'm returning to you with a topic that I feel like is a really, really good reminder that I've often need reminding of, and that is how we track our progress. Um, and I'll, I'll start by saying like a lot of people hesitate or are resistant to tracking things like using data and tracking things because they feel like it takes them out of maybe the enjoyment of of it or the being of it, you know, there's such a duality between being cognitively aware of the the data and the numbers and the tracking and the things and following your gut and, you know, like following the joy or whatever, whatever you follow in that way and, and getting the enjoyment out of. But I want to present to you a very, very valid reason of why both can and often need to coexist when it comes to our progression and our goal setting and our tracking and our satisfaction in all of those things in how we are going with our goals because what can happen if you don't track um let's say i use this example on social media the other day, if you don't track, like, so I'm, I'm training for Run Army, which is a charity fundraising event. It's a running event. They have a 5k run or walk and a 10 kilometer run. I'm not doing the 10 kilometer. I'm doing the 5k, but I am training in order to run it as best I can, at least. Um, and you know, I grew up running around an apple court, but I, was never great at just track and field kind of running and I never really trained for that either ever um it just wasn't anything that I was put through any training with or I put myself through training with I've done you know community runs like this in the past that were 5k and kind of just winged it and and figured it out and probably didn't break any records but I just sort of got it done and didn't enjoy the process as such. I enjoyed the whole event as a whole, but I didn't get to enjoy the process. So this time around, this event is in April and it is raising funds just for background. It's, uh, it's an event that's raising funds for Legacy, which is a charity that provides um different kinds of support, financial, social, um, and educational support for families of veterans. 
and that includes war widows, includes young children and um, spouses left behind, all of those things. So that's what it's raising funds for. Um, so I said about this idea of, well, I haven't run, it's probably the longest stretch of no running that I've ever done outside of just gym work. I haven't run. My body physically hasn't run. So what happens if I actually try this time? What happens if I actually, and by, by actually try, I mean, actually train for it rather than just sort of, you know, trusting that my, my weights training and resistance training at the gym is going to be enough. Um, side note, it is helpful because it makes my body feel stable when I'm running, which my body absolutely needs that stability. And it is also not enough to be match fit. So I said about this, this way, I signed up because I knew I was going to do that. And I wanted to actually try in the sense of training not hard out and still doing my, my gym workouts, but just to go on a run or two a week at least so that my body is physically getting used to it and I can get through it without it being a really uncomfortable, awful, not fun experience. So what I do, I have an Apple watch. So I have a smartwatch. What I do is I just set it up as an outdoor run. And the training they suggest is just to start off with 20 minutes at a time. It doesn't matter the distance, just start off with 20 minutes of, um, not hard out running, but just what you can do. Jog, walk, jog, walk, jog, walk in 20 minutes and just build up from there. So just stick with 20 minutes, 20 minutes, they have a whole training program, but I started a little bit early. And what I found was the first day I was very excited because I was, I was very optimistic because I had a new pair of running shoes, which I haven't bought in years either. And, you know, we all know that when you buy a new pair of shoes, it feels like you're walking on a cloud and it's amazing. And oh my God, how can I not run amazingly in these? And had the dog and my partner and we decided to go try this 20 minutes and it was awful. (laughs) I was unpleasantly surprised by how much I struggled with it and how much I felt my body in the physical motions of running So I felt my core switch on, which is great. It's switching on. It needs to when you run, but I was feeling that. Um, And my legs were struggling physically in terms of the effort. And my breath was just holding on for dear life. So that was the first one. I know a lot of people would not go back after that. Um, But I also think that I've trained myself in many other ways enough to know that that's just the first one. And the second one might be the same and the third one and the fourth and so on, but it's going to improve. Luckily I did because what I did then was for the second time, I I took the dog, it was just me. So maybe it was a different pace too. Um, I took the dog, I set 
outdoor run on my watch and I went just for the 20 minutes and I physically felt the difference. So there was the physical, this is the feeling that people want to feel, right? I physically felt the difference. It was, you know, like it was still a short-ish run in comparison to the whole five kilometers. It was still only 20 minutes. The first one was 1.97 kilometers or something just under two kilometers. The second one I managed to get about, I think it was 2.2 kilometers or something around there. So I got a little bit more distance in roughly the same time. I felt a lot better. My body wasn't as shocked, let's say. And I was able to to jog a little bit more of it before walking. So I still am doing the jog walk, but my jogging part of it was a little bit more consistent. Great. Awesome. If I wasn't tracking it, I could go by feeling. I could go, yeah, cool. That felt better. So I must be doing better. And the numbers also supported that, right? So these two things are very important because when it came to the third one, um, the third one, I think I knew I did the same thing. I grabbed the dog cause we're getting her trained. <laughs> she, she's, a um, she's possibly going to join us on the day, but while she's a dog who is able to run, she's an Irish wolfhound with greyhound in her, she just needs to get a little match fit, a little more match fit. So and it also you you know gets her to exert some energy. So I took the dog for this third one. You know, did our little warm up walk from to our starting point that I've decided is our starting point, and set the outdoor run and set off. And what I found is, I think if I thought about it, I probably would have thought I might have been going a bit quicker. Um, but I was also getting just really sweaty. My breathing was probably about about the same as the second one, but I was just getting really sweaty and the day wasn't all that different, but, and it was even slightly later in the evening, but I physically like in different ways, I was getting all sweaty and huffy puffy. Um, I know that I, and I was tracking along the way, and this is my point. If I wasn't tracking it along the way, I would have been like, oh, this is a bit rougher. I'm, I'm doing okay with speed, but it feels possibly slightly worse than the second one. And if I'd gone by just feeling, which again is always a good thing to do, but if I had gone by just feeling, I would have believed that I had regressed or that I was doing worse or that you know, like that I'd taken a step back in progress, except I was tracking. And because I was tracking, I was able to see that I finished the, it would have been about two kilometers again. I I finished the, like the loop that I'd sort of created that I expected me to take 20 minutes to do from home there and back again um I'd finished that in 15 minutes instead of 20 minutes 
And I did leave it there this time. I didn't continue the 20 minutes because I was huffy puffy, red faced, hot and sweaty. Um, but I'd finished it earlier. And if I didn't have the data, I would never know that between that first run to the second run, I shaved off a minute. And then the second run to the third one, I shaved off another two minutes. So from my first to third run, I shaved off three whole minutes of my average pace per kilometer. And that's not to say it's going to stay there. It's probably, I've done more gym workouts in the last week than I have run. So, you know, when I do go back for a run this week, it might not be as quick again, but if I wasn't tracking those numbers, I would fully believe that I was possibly just not getting any better or that I was getting worse or that it was harder again and it's never going to stay consistently easy and that the easy ones are going to be an anomaly and it's just normally going to be hard for me or feel hard for me. If I wasn't tracking the numbers, that is what I would believe. So imagine if you have a goal and you're not tracking the numbers or the data or the progress in whatever relevant way that is for the goal, and you probably have an example that you can think of as you're listening to this, where you have believed the same thing, where you have just gone by the feeling. And I know I talk about feelings a lot and how they inform us, but they also, they also aren't always fact. They affect about certain things or they inform us about certain things. But as far as progress, sometimes we need the data to balance out what we're actually feeling and and the story we make up about what those feelings mean. So because I had the data, I was able to learn and feel honestly quite proud because I'm not a runner that I had gone from one awful, horrible feeling (laughs) to like in a run and shaved off three minutes per kilometer in just three runs or jogs or training sessions. They're barely runs, but training sessions just because of the consistency, but also because I was tracking that. Data is important. We need to make sure that we're not shying away from it or hiding away from it just because we've maybe, this is, you know, this is my experience that I've gone through. I went so long going, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to go buy information and, and look at all of that and then swinging the opposite end of the, end of the pendulum to, oh, I'm going to acknowledge my feelings and then let my feelings tell me. And then trying to find that balance because it is the balance that makes a difference. It is the balance. So we get to go, okay, what are both? Both get to coexist. What is the information and actual data telling me if there is any? And what are my feelings telling me? I was going to say, if there is any, what are my feelings telling me? And instead of spending time and energy, by the way, and wasting possible time as well, 
getting caught up in the story or making up a story about what my feelings mean, instead of acknowledging them and feeling them and being with them, I make up a story because we are meaning-making creatures. What do my feelings mean? There's so much energy into that. And we can tell ourselves a story that is not true or that is unhelpful towards a goal. Because I could have told myself a story that, well, I guess I'm just getting worse. I guess I'm never going to really get to run this properly or, you know, even jog this or improve or do it anyway. I may as well just walk. I may as well not worry about it. Instead of actually getting to see what my potential is in a very light, like for a very light community run, really, but 12, 12, uh, 12 kilometers, five kilometers is, is still five kilometers. It's still an effort. I can hike five kilometers quite happily, very, very happily. But I want to see what happens if I try it in a different way. And if I get caught up in the story that I make up about what that feeling meant instead of acknowledging it, absolutely. But also realizing, oh, I was huffier, puffier because I was going quicker, like almost exponentially quicker than what I expected to be going, then that makes sense. Cool. Of course I was. And look at how much I improved. Look at how much closer I got to where I want to be with this goal. How many times do we set out for a goal and don't and and get caught up in the story in our insecurities in our anxieties in our fears in our imposter syndromes in our what will people think of me and oh it's not working yet so because i'm feeling this and i guess that means it's true how many times do we get caught up in that instead of going all right well yeah, I feel this. I acknowledge that. And I'm going to look at what the information is and just give myself a, a bit of grace and b a bit of context into what the story is. Sometimes you might find that, yeah, you haven't been making the progress, but guess what? You get to use that as information to reset your course. Go, all right, I've not been, I've, the data shows I've not been making progress. Cool. That validates how I'm feeling. I can trust that feeling. I'm building in a trust and I get to make a different decision in terms of how I go about this. What do I need to shift or change or readjust or reset in order to keep going? There is no losing out when you find the balance between the two. It is actually how we get there. So thank you for listening to that story. I wanted to bring it here because it's such an important reminder and I, I, rem- I, the feeling that I had when I was looking at, that dat- at the, the stats from the runs by that third one because I realized, as I said, I was tracking it during because I, I remembered <laughs> at that point, oh, I can track what my pace per kilometer is, like minutes per kilometer during so I noticed and I remember noticing at one point oh that's lower cool 
well, yeah, now I have a goal on something to aim for, something to keep me going during, but I'm still just going to, you know, like, of course, pause and walk and breathe as I need to, but it helped me. And the feeling that I had when I realized what that difference was is a little bit of a sense of pride. I'm not there yet, but look, I'm proud of myself for just getting out there and and doing this because I normally avoid running like the plague because I'm untrained in it, because it's kind of boring to me sometimes, but it's now less boring to me. This is just a personal preference, but it's less boring to me now because I'm tracking it. So I have a vested interest in it now. Before I didn't, before I would prefer just weights training because I, guess what? I track that. So of course I prefer it because I can see the difference and I can feel the difference. So let this be your reminder. Balance the both, whatever your data set is. Don't be afraid to look at it. Every financial advisor will tell you to know your numbers. Every financial coach or money mindset coach or anyone to do with money or numbers or finances will tell you that you need to know your numbers. This is no different. This is a different kind of goal. So whatever your goal is, know your numbers, know the data. Even if you're not a numbers person, know the data and find that balance and practice the balance because it is a practice between that and how you felt about it and how you felt during it or how you're feeling and use this as a way to keep making those steps towards the goals because we need more people in the world who are working on and getting to their goals that are going to make it a little bit better. That's really the whole point. So I hope this helps. And if you are interested, I am going to, I will throw the fundraising link in the, um, in the show notes. If you're interested, obviously this isn't, this part's not business related. I absolutely do not get anything out of, uh, the funds raised. It goes straight to legacy, but if you are interested in supporting, it keeps me motivated too. Um, and if you are interested in working one-on-one, here is the business part. If you're interested in working one-on-one together on your goals so that you get clarity so that you can make an impact in the world and feel like you're getting unstuck, living a life you love, all of the amazing things you actually want to do and achieve and feel, reach out. I have spaces available in my 90 day clarity to impact program that is so much fun to dive into and just supercharge that progress in a really holistic supported way reach out to info at jaylee.com.au I'll put that in the show notes as well and we'll get you set up with a free consult call or if you're just ready to get going reach out and we'll get you started until next time 
Thanks for listening to Get Jashed. If you dig these conversations, please subscribe and share a review. If you want to know more about how you can dive deeper into these topics for yourself, head to j-lee.com.au forward slash courses. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube by searching j-leigh and Instagram at j underscore dot leigh to see the full videos of these episodes and keep up to date with what's going on in our world of communication, emotional intelligence and well-being.